0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering podcast produced by me Fraser McGrew for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick here of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing albums and unusually because of the lockdown we're recording this remotely. Nick Albums. Um, you wanted to talk about this. Um, yeah. Why did you want to talk about albums? What's that all about?
1: Well, I had an unusual experience the other day for, for someone in their 40s, which is I discovered mm. some music that I liked.
0: So new music that you like, right? Well, okay.
1: I, it's not actually new music, but it's music that passed me by at the time.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I, it's, uh, yeah, it's basically my, my daughter, one of my, one of my daughter's trumpet pieces that she was practicing was um, a song called Single by the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Now I was aware of them in the 90s, but I right. didn't hadn't really ever sat down and listened to them, and um, uh, I really liked it. I thought I was kind. Of, it, it's something very 90s about it. It's sort of a bit arty and a bit pretentious, and yeah. um, but really nice to listen to. I, I, so you know that I I went and got myself uh, a Penguin Cafe Orchestra album. Obviously, I didn't go to a shop or anything ridiculous like that. No i downloaded it um and but of course then you know when it goes onto my ipod like everything else i put things into playlists and then just really just listen to the um listen to the playlists and, and they're shuffled and you might get some penguin cafe orchestra pop up now you know which would be nice but one thing i i haven't done for i mean for years is put an album on and play it mm. in the order that it comes on in quite quite apart from anything else because that involves having to change the settings and on an ipod classic that's a bit of a pain in the ass so um and i anyway it just made me think well albums you know yeah that used to be a massive thing mm. a new album by this band and i just wondered obviously i'm not i, I i'm not uh, you know <clears throat> down with the kids anymore so i don't i don't even know if you know kids listen how people consume music and yeah. whether or not we've lost something with, with the album kind of quietly disappearing.
0: Yeah, because I don't know if albums are, are still a, a thing. I have no idea, like you say. And I think it's interesting how you discovered this and how you listen to it as an album was just because it was completely new band to you, a new sort of music, kind of music to you. So that's how you ended up listening to it. Um, and I guess I sort was of sketching this out. Um, yeah, I guess we I, what we need to look into is well, why out al- why albums in the first place? You know, how did that sort of come about? And because one when one thinks of music, it naturally tends to be you know one individual piece of music. Let's say, um, Chris, anything you want to weigh in with here?
2: Uh, well, yeah. So I think the thing that that I'm sort of quite interested in generally is is, is kind of the language behind behind terms. And so looking oh. like a, um album uh, historically and and you know from an etymology point of view. Um, you know, how was how it kind of first come about? Because we obviously understand it in, well, two main contexts, really. Obviously, in, in terms of the music album, but the other the other place we we use it regularly. And, and again, less so uh, as technology uh, has has developed is the photo album. Um, but originally, oh. you know, album, uh, you know, its stem is its stem is. Um, it's STEM is albus from uh you know white in in latin and it was originally like a public notice board that was that was what you know in classical times a white um public notice board that people stuck different things onto uh and then wow. and then kind of in the you know in the in the 16th century it became a, a popular thing particularly in germany uh the album amicorum which was um eff- effectively like an elaborate uh, autograph book that, that, um, you know, you've got your friends to sign throughout your life and they kind of added, you know, inscriptions or, um, uh, poems or even artwork, you know, into the, why don't we
1: have that anymore? That sounds uh, amazing. It,
2: well, yeah, it is, it is quite, it is quite, uh, um, I, I was thinking about it and the nearest we get nowadays to that kind of thing is like, maybe like when somebody leaves their job and a few people scribble some things on a, on a card and that's probably died as well. But anyway, that was, that was sort of, um, you know for a long time when people talked about an album that's sort of what they what they meant
0: it was like a personal extended autograph book that you carried around for your whole life and people kind of i think
2: i think it stemmed from like the um the the german education system where you might tour different universities and so your chums you know you you would get as as you moved on to the next one you know a record of of what they thought you know, and it was kind of intellectual and and very eclectic. But the point was, it was it was quite chaotic, right? It was just a bunch mm. of random things. It wasn't really curated in in some some in any way. Um, but obviously, in musical terms, when you think about a, a, an album, it it is there's a structure to it, and and so mm. on. So yeah, I I just thought that was a an interesting sort of um yeah. you know route into where music albums might have come from
1: yeah well i, yeah. Can, pick, I can pick that up because yeah. um actually the the origin of the music album is quite interesting and, and does come from exactly that right it comes from the idea of a collection of things um in, in by the 19th century album had come to mean something much closer to what we mean today in other words a kind of collection of things or quite nicely ordered in in the book mm-hmm. um in a single sort of place um and in the 19th century, you start to get things called sheet music albums, which are, you know, actually, so like the album for the young, you know, which is, which is a collection of sheet music that, um, you know, written by usually by a single composer, um, but meaning a collection of different pieces in, in, one, in one place. Um, and actually then the development of the music album uh, was by, by the first, the sort of early years of the 20th century was literally a book you would buy that you'd put records in so so it was like a photo album but for your your records because of course you know but in those days you you're looking at um 178 rpm record being actually only about three minutes per side so you certainly couldn't get you know a whole one record containing what we think of as a music album today and then um and then um you know of course the modern album was born in 1948 with the invention of the lp the 33 Mm -hmm rpm lp uh and um and then you could fit you know five ten uh records uh, or songs rather onto onto one record um and uh, uh and of course that's that was then they used the word album to mean well it's you're getting an entire album of music but on one mm. record how amazing mm. is that so a single record being released as an album was always kind of a bit of a weird change in the word album but uh um but there we are that's so that's then we're looking so about 1950 the 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 beginning of the um of of the album and and then you know if you look at uh sales over time obviously it was all vinyl uh and and all more or less all lps uh so singles um sorry um it was it was all vinyl and and uh kind of mix of of singles and uh and albums um and then uh Over the sort of, of course, the big, the big, the first really big change in the Mm. music industry was the rise of the cassette in the Mm. the sort of early 80s and the growth of the Walkman. That was really the first time I think people could chop, chop, make their own playlists, you know, unless you had specialist equipment. It was Mm. uh, inaccessible before then. Um, But that was only a brief, very brief period, actually, uh, the, the cassette sort of basically from about 1980 to 1995. And cassettes were never the majority because um actually vinyl handed over very neatly to compact discs and of course yeah. compact discs are all albums yeah that's all you got with compact discs. so i think by the time you're looking at sort of 2000 the year 2000 the peak of the of the cd era um you could you could confidently say that actually nearly all purchases of records were were albums you know or at least compilation albums you know um things like you know, now the now series and that kind of thing mm. um uh, and then everything looked fine. Uh, it was albums a go go until actually, you know, the rise of the MP3, surprisingly recent. Mm. I mean, we're so familiar with them now. And they've, they've taken over, MP3 and streaming has taken over so comprehensively mm. that we forget that, you know, even in, in 2010, only about half, you know, still half of record sales were, were CDs. And then over the last decade, it's been an absolutely precipitous decline um, in, in albums. So, uh, the, uh, as a share of what people bought, um, in 2010 albums were, you know, over 90% of, of music sales were, were albums. Okay. They're now down to, um, to something, you know, a bit below 20%. Um, and, uh, singles were, which used to be the rest. I mean, stream streaming has, has obviously now dominates streaming is about 75% of, of music. Uh, music listens and um, actually, the total amount of music purchased. I mean, uh, this is album equivalent sales, so I guess you're sort of counting the songs more or less, is um, is is actually higher now than it was in 2010. So, so the people are buying more, but they're, they're buying it's hugely it's structured different differently in the last yeah. 10 years. So, so this is why people are talking about the death of the album, and it's and it's come very suddenly. Okay. You know, um, it was diagnosed uh, on Wednesday and it died yesterday. It's extraordinary.
0: Right. <laughs> um Chris, I don't know if this is what you want to move on to, but um I mean yes, I know we're going to branch out and talk about um albums not just in terms of music but in other ways of grouping things together. But do we do we I mean does either of you but I, I guess want to hear from Chris first. Do you have any views on what do we gain or, or you know by putting music together like that? Um and now with it being structurally more separate, what have we gained? What have we lost? Is there anything you know about albums that you particularly like, or yeah. do you see what I'm getting at here?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think so. I mean, what I'd be quite interested before we move on to that, I'd be quite interested to know oh. what what music sales actually mean and how, with streaming, we 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 determine whether or not people are listening to um listening to album collections or whether they are listening to singles and what you know i don't i don't understand how that how that distinction would would be made with streaming obviously you can you can sort of monitor what are the most listened to songs but even when you had an album right you owned this physical uh, um uh media and uh, you, but you would skip songs, right? You know, especially when you had CDs, uh, and even mm. even with records, you could see the little tree rings on the on the album. Go, yeah, you know, like, um, you know, the the fourth song on the album. I, I don't like this one. I'm just going to lift no, up. no, but the, the fourth the du- song
1: on the album was always the best one.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay, and it wouldn't that, be the fourth one. It'd be the ninth. Would... It'd be the ninth song that you'd um, yeah, that you would not right. to bother to listen to.
0: Well, okay, well, let, let's take that up then, because I think one of the downsides of albums, which you're getting at there, and I quite agree with this, is you you got a lot of filler. Right, and so you would I lost count of amount of times, especially yeah, when I was sort of wanted to get more into a band that I'd heard a song or two that I really liked. So I thought, right, and everyone's talking about a certain album. I go buy that album, and half those songs were a load of rubbish, and yeah. you know I really didn't enjoy them. And yeah, there's the that, you know, side. there's yeah, and well, hold on, and but there's that the side there's that B, tru- the side B to that yeah, the side, Sorry, I can't. <laughs> one, yeah. and and of course the truism is that you know the best album that any um, individual group brings out is always their best hits album, right? Um, and, and that's, so that's the first thing. Um, secondly, I, I, mean, I can see, I, I'm, I'm going to guess, Nick, what you're going to say is you find undiscovered stuff that maybe, and maybe it gets more nuanced. I don't know. Um, but the only other thing to say is now the way I listen to music and I, you know, i, I music's actually quite a big part of my life is, you know, and I'm constantly listening to music and I use Spotify now is that although I'm live streaming, Um, what looks like individual songs actually what i'm often doing is is working off playlists either ones that i've generated myself or that have been suggested to me by the algorithm so there's still that grouping together of songs and arguably better because i'm getting the pick of songs i don't know um and also through algorithms maybe getting introduced to new stuff which is getting close to another podcast that we did so yeah i mean so just sum it up Albums, big downside is you get crap songs on them as well that are fillers. Chris?
2: Yeah, I, well, I think that's true. I mean, you know, there, there, there were even good albums, you know, there were usually only three sort of strong, strong songs on them, you know, that you mm. would that you would kind of listen to 10 years later and go, oh, yeah, I love this song. Mm. Um, but there's also an element um, – as as you know nick has kind of uh, ind- indicated which is you expect you get pattern when you listen to an album like sometimes there're still songs i hear where i expect the next song to be the next mm. song on whatever the album was that that was that, that was on and there's something yeah, about that, that to me this morning, yeah that that patterning of um of a a sequence that has been given to you by the artist because i think there's a, i think there's a difference between a playlist and a best of album, or a you know a now a compilation of of all the songs that are good in a particular year. I I don't think those count as albums. I I for me, an album is something that's been presented by the artist and the you know the producer in a particular mm. order for a particular reason. You know, mm. either to balance out the 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 wheat and the chaff, or or to you know emotionally. Sort of manipulate you through 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 the listening process, and by taking that away from the artist, mm. uh, that's what I think you're you're losing uh, some artistic expression. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ahead. I think the um, if if I was to offer you, you know, if, if you'd never heard of you know music and and stuff, and I was to offer you two options, one is, um, well, you can listen to ten songs in a row, but they're all by the same person, and the other is, well, you can you, what you can do is create your own playlist which is might suit you know your mood particularly and uh has been carefully selected so that they're you know you're not constrained to just have songs by the same person
0: hmm.
1: um which of those do you think sounds better it's obviously i've forgotten what, forgot what
0: the two options were <laughs> what, what were they again? <laughs> a bunch
1: of songs by the same artist or a bunch yeah. of songs that have been carefully selected to to work together in a, in a certain way and uh, you yes. are not constrained by the same second artist. option, second option. obviously but i see and i i think um this this is the the uh, the crux of what i was going to say earlier which you anticipated which was that um actually i'd say as often as not um the 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 song that i end up liking most from the album is is not the one that i bought um you know it's not the the reason i bought the album and and i think the one of the most um like a particular just one that pops to mind was um i bought uh, I bought a Peter Sastard album. I mm. um, know one song Don't by judgment. him. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, I just wanted. I had, uh, like a lot of people who've ever heard it. You know, the, I, where do you go to, my lovely?
0: Yeah. an ear great word. song, great song.
1: Well, not when you've listened to it a hundred times. <laughs> it, it's it's actually really quite boring. Yeah. Um. And and I I I kind of can't stand that song anymore but okay. there were there were I two or three it. other songs on the on the album that i bought which i really really like and and which are really obscure and um there's just no way i would have discovered those you know mm. it just through spotify just it wouldn't you, nobody would have put them on playlists no one's going to have listened to them and um that's so that's that's sort of my um that's that's my concern really is is that actually albums albums are doing something i've got another i've got
0: another point as well but i don't know if you want to finish well, we'll come on to your point and say, we'll go to Chris first, but just before we do, I, I'm interested to know how oft, how much you listen to albums at the moment, Nick, despite, despite what you've just said. But anyway, um, we'll come on to your point later. Chris.
2: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that um, the other thing that you get from albums and this kind of... Um, relates to other art art forms as well okay but the the other thing you get from albums is you is they are recorded over a period of time right or they certainly historically you know that's the way they worked that you got you know sergeant peppers or something and it was it was capturing a particular zeitgeist right Mm. and um and and that bands development so you can chart via albums how you know how a how a band uh progresses and 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 you know in the same way as um you know collections by artists you can see the phases you know from from uh you know cubism to uh bl- blue period or or whatever you yeah. know you can see that that movement and that journey and that artistic um progression and that's something that uh that that you don't get if you just throw it all into one big big sack of the you know the collected work yeah. of, of whoever um yeah. and and, and yeah, I think that's that's you know that idea of having um, a, a sort of um, you know seeing a particular style of music or a particular style of of, of art. You know, if you think about um, particular collections or exhibitions, pro- project uh, you know provided by the artists them, themselves, um, that that you miss when you when you go to to playlists or. Like I say, the entire collected works of, yeah. of somebody, and of
0: course, even if it's just one song, right? Um, it's nice to get that sort of um, that that breadth and that depth together yeah. uh, with an album. Nick, what was your point going to be?
1: Yeah, um, well, it was it was that. Uh, I, I mean, I was just thinking about the. Um, whether or not there's, there are other fundamental elements. I mean, I do want to talk about the aesthetic side of it, you know, whether or not we're losing something aesthetically. Because mm. um, I think that's actually the key argument. But I, I, I was trying to think about whether um, whether there's something um, about albums which is, which is over and above simply the fact that actually an LP happens to be as long as it is and songs are as long as they are. Um, And and I and I think there might be some I think there is something a bit fundamental about the about the experience of listening to an album, um, which is that songs now the average song length uh, now. It's not too dissimilar to what it was in in nineteen fifty. So.
0: I guess is what um, two and a half
1: minutes. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, about 200 and, 220 seconds roughly. Did it's
2: it go three. up? Because I think it started short, it ballooned yeah. up, and then it came it, down again. Right? Actually, kind of the the the
1: average song length was actually only about two and a half minutes in nineteen sixty, and it's now um, approaching. Uh, so it's about about three and a half minutes now. I okay. so, mean, it's not like it's gone from one minute to twenty minutes. It, it's yeah. you know, we're, t- it's, we're in the same ballpark. Now, on one hand, you could say, well, that's just the recording technology, you know, singles, you only have a certain amount of space and you, that's how that conditions the length of the song. But to which I say no, because why would what, we have designed those things? You know, mm. we weren't God didn't give us the length of a single. We designed them to fit he did something in our brain. which already existed. Oh. And 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 if you look at sort of you know I mean the first ever recordings, first singles recordings were those were sort of early blues songs and folk songs, and and they just already were about that length, right? So oh, oh, oh. so you've got the length of a song, I I think is is something fundamental. The length of a of a you know a folk song, which obviously became pop songs, but I also think there's something about between five to ten songs, and I know we go on about the number of five and ten, but that's about the length of a of a set, you know, of a live set. Yeah, it's about the number of songs that people will will perform like. And, and I think that's probably something to do with our attention span and the way that we can appreciate these things as a single kind of experience. Um, so so, yeah, I, I I suppose what I'm saying is let's not just think of albums as a kind of historical t- artifact of technology because i think there is an argument that albums the construction of an album fits a more universal and older experience of, of listening to live music
0: um okay i mean this is actually zipped by pretty quickly actually and we're close to wanting to be wrapping up um there's a an obvious or two obvious a couple of obvious questions i want to move on to to round us off but uh before we do is there anything we want to you know to, to bring this to a close a yeah I, th- I think
1: I, I well i've got uh, i've got i've got the sort of wider point i think which is yeah. which is about technology in general and, and the effect it's having on the way we experience uh art yeah yeah i mean i mean things like um so i think a lot of uh, the way that technology has gone certainly over the last sort of Thought it well, See, I, I mean, it's the communications technology essentially from the beginning of the twentieth century has 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 one of its key effects has been to remove friction um, in in terms of the enjoyment of things. By which I mean, you know, it's delivering information faster, and it's delivering artistic experiences faster, and it's allowing you to switch between them more easily. And um, obviously, that is all good. You couldn't, no one would say we shouldn't do that. Like we should mm. reverse that. I mean. Um, you know see if you think about playing a computer game uh I don't think kids you know my, my my kids would not they wouldn't tolerate they'd be astounded when they learned that you had to wait 25 minutes for a game to load yeah and, uh you know from a and it might there, all go
0: wrong by the way and it, it would
1: crash already, minutes, two yeah. minutes before it had finished loading yeah um and um it, you know and then but then of course once that game had loaded you really spent a lot of time playing it. You got yeah. very into it. You, you, yeah. you explored what the game had to offer much more. And, and I would say probably got a lot more out of it. And, and I think, you know, if you think about films, for example, now me and my kids, we, we, spend, we spend now 10, 15 minutes choosing a bloody film yeah um whereas in the past what films were on you'd watch them and you Mm. might discover something interesting you know and 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 i think albums very much you know the decline of albums very much fits into that you know if you're only going off playlists and if you're making your own playlists you're essentially Mm. always listening to the greatest hits Mm. and um you know i totally understand why that's happened and 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 it's very hard to say that that's bad but i think we there is a downside and we and we shouldn't forget that yeah, yeah, yeah it's no, just good. so easy to, and it's so easy to skip you know to go yeah, i yeah. don't really like this song and you skip it and then you miss those those songs which actually if you'd have given them a chance would have grown on you and that's right really yeah enjoyed. it's
2: about instant instant gratification isn't it and mm. I, I think mm. i think the other thing is um you know there, there's there's you know some things are designed to be seen some you know there, there's this concept of a body of work right and and mm. in it being designed to be seen in a particular direction order context and you know if you think about things like um Hogarth's uh, you know Rake's Progress or Bruegel's Seasons they don't really make sense you can see them in isolation but they're much they're much more meaningful when you see the whole thing together and I think we can think of albums like that similarly you know book, book um collections like um you know like trilogies obviously make sense to read in the order that they appear Uh, And nobody, Mm. you know, nobody would sort of read the middle one and then not not bother. Um, And so. So, yeah, I think that um, we definitely lose out uh, if we only go, you know, go for a sort of potted selection. But I do think the way because my daughter's both, you know, sort of eight and eleven now and the older one in particular is, you know, getting into that age of listening to, to music and developing her own tastes and so on and actually mm, mm. there is something about the um there is something about the way that uh um you get presented with the next song that is is actually quite um quite interesting so you know very often it is a set of songs by an artist so it will play you know the next song by that that artist and quite often they will sort of follow a a pattern of oh you know their stuff from the last year or so uh so they're almost Mm. in a way i I wonder to what extent artists now are producing music to be consumed via the you know via the media of streaming and they're getting inside the algorithm so actually they are shaping what we hear by you know i don't know the the metadata around the songs or the styling of, of the songs and it's um so, yeah, that's I, I think that's that's quite interesting. And you do get that serendipitous yeah. stuff where you're like, yeah, look, I you've you kind of nailed my taste now for the time being or, or the mood I'm in. Uh, yeah. And you, some song comes up and you never, never heard it before. But that's that's interesting. So I think you you do get that serendipitous discovery still. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting it development. Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, okay, so look, uh, we need to finish off, but of course, before we do, I there's I stuff I need to ask you, right? Which is I've got two questions. Um uh which is first of all, um album that has made not necessarily your favorite one, but it's just such an impression on you that, that like as an as a whole you really appreciate. Um, and also any um albums out there which are sort of vaunted, but you were actually disappointed by because i've got one um so that's my two um questions which are kind of related um does anyone want to kick off
2: well yeah so for, for me i think um you know i, I was kind of j- just thinking about this and and uh there's actually almost like a, a story of of um of albums in 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 a selection because i think the first the first album that really had a major as an album that had a major impact on me was, was probably thriller. Right. And I, oh. I had it on vinyl. Uh, so, mm. you know, it was the first kind of r- record I had and it's a massive phenomenon. You know, it's, it's easy to forget. I, I, I don't think you get these kind of, you know, um, pop phenomena, any, anymore of no. somebody who just becomes absolutely massive and you get screaming crowds and people fainting and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, thriller, you know, on vinyl, but then yeah. um, the other album I, I really remember, a few years later when I was a bit older, was Brothers in Arms by um, by Dire Straits, and mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. it on tape, and I remember mm-hmm. listening to it over and over again. And because it was on tape, you didn't really skip stuff, so you did go in that order. because yeah, you no, have
0: to you have to fast forward, you might yeah, miss there's it. No, there's yeah, no yeah, way yeah. of knowing yeah. where
2: you are or what's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so so that was a, a you know an album uh, you know. And then, and then the one that was really a sort of coming of age album for me was on CD at the end, mm. so it kind of bookending the eighties, you know, yeah. Thriller, and then um, was the Stone Roses album, which yeah. I had on on okay. CD, um, yeah. which again, I was, I was uh,
1: strongly considering mentioning the Stone Roses as a band, which
0: I think no, nothing I, for whatsoever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, I I, I I know we I think we've discussed the Stone Roses previously. Yeah, but thirty seconds a, of a, one song that's amazing, but the rest of it, is, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. But go as, on, a, Chris. as a sort of uh, you know a a teenager at that coming of age stage and you know looking for something and you know finding this this album it yeah so that kind of charts my progress but it also charts the you know i've seen vinyl tape and cd the the entire album era in one in one go um overrated albums living
1: history this Chris, yeah that's right yeah
2: overrated albums i i bought an album by a a band called ride uh who were coming to tour in they were like a 90s indie band yeah yeah and it was it was Terrible. You know, somebody said, this is really good. I listened to it. Every song, you know, on, on the fifth listen was still terrible. Um, okay, Sorry, yeah. Ride, if you're out <laughs> there. I know, I know you're among our listeners. So. Right. Um,
0: okay, I'll, I'll come in. So, uh, favourite albums. Um, I would say, and it's funny, you know, if this crosses over with what, what Chris was saying, is um, on CD when I was about 14, 15, was an album that was already quite old by then, was Making Movies uh, by Dire Straits. Um, which is just just full. I mean, I, every song is 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 really good, and the whole thing fits together nicely. I think, um, and also, yeah, probably my favourite song in there is um, Romeo and Juliet. I think, um, so great album. But and because of that, it led me to an album which at the time was more contemporary, which was Brothers in Arms. Um, and Dire Straits were always a bit naff at the time; they weren't particularly trendy. Well, no. Brothers but- in
1: Arms was it was interesting because that was the one that when everyone got CDs, everyone yeah. everyone went out and bought uh, Brothers in Arms on CD. Yeah. Yeah, right there like we go one of the first five cds that everyone bought
0: yeah and and right there you go exactly the same with me and actually when you listen again as exactly as you're saying chris the album as a whole is is i think it's beautiful it's great it's, it's, it's really oh, it's rich ancient. you know it's marvelous it's totally um disappointment i remember being in my early 20s and feeling a bit sort of shamefaced when a mate of mine was talking to me about the white album um and you know which stands as totemic amongst not just beatles but all albums so i went off and bought it there's a lot of there's a lot of weak songs on that album so you know uh like obla d obla dart which i think you know is just awful um and then i, I got it for, like piggies is one of them as well um and there, there's all sorts on there and even stuff like hell to Skelter i don't particularly like yeah. um i think i think john lennon used to call them mccartney's i uh, used to call them the grandma songs or something like that yeah i the, think I, was you're
1: revolver is the one that everyone thinks is the best i know sergeant bever is the popular one but right revolver is, yeah, the, yeah. is the is the beatles fans yeah um
0: we're getting really short on time. Um, Nick, as briefly as you can, sorry to, you know, do that to you, but tell us.
1: No, well, I think um, my my t- number one pick is a bit normie, I'm afraid, because it often crops up in the sort of top ten best albums of all time. But it's "Astral Weeks by Van Morrison, which um, ah. is a staggering. I mean, it's, it was recorded in three sessions in New York in 1968. Mm. Um, and uh, there were no lead sheets. So the the musicians were all going off Van Morrison's performance. Um and um they didn't even meet van Morrison; he was in a separate room and really? but, and so and they this but the musicians just happened to be accidentally phenomenal and particularly oh. richard davis who was the um who was the, the the bassist and and if you listen to uh the album that that is really strong you know you hear that the bass coming in bowed and plucked you know um and and, mm. and it, i mean the song that is so some young lovers do the way young lovers do is probably the famous song from the album but it was one of these albums where I just didn't it did nothing for me whatsoever. The first time I heard it, cause my mum mm. had it and played it a lot. And then, and second time, third time, nothing. It was like, God, what is this droney kind of noise? And then one day I, w- I, I was coming home from school and, and I got a frantic urge to listen to it. Mm. And I, I went through all my mum's Van Morrison albums until I found it. I was like, I've got to hear that song. And now it's, now it's one of my favorite, favorite albums i think the one the one that did nothing for me whatsoever and, and I'm, I'm sorry to say because it's so iconic for my generation but um uh the nirvana um smell, uh, the, is it called Nevermind or something the one, the one with yeah. the baby on the front and mm. um i do like smells like teen spirit but nirvana just i don't know they're just a very something a very teenage about them which mm. bugs me a bit but a bit um, yeah but i I would never ever voluntarily put on nirvana but nevertheless i did i recognized at the time that this is going to be an iconic album and i bought Mm. it because i I had the idea that my kids one day would say uh, would look through my albums and go oh (gasps) never mind you were cool ones but actually all my all my albums have been
0: uploaded to the computer and they're all in the attic so that's never going to happen right yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm not familiar with Astral Weeks. So Van Morrison has always been a bit of a sort of a weird mystery to me. I mean, I there's got quite a few songs that he does that I like, but I've always found a bit odd. And there's plenty that I don't like. But um, that's what I'm going to do. i have a listen to that, but don't, uh, yeah, don't, <clears throat> don't go in there with with expecting to like it. Right. I'll give it at least five listens. Yeah, yeah. you should, because I've got loads of time to do that. <laughs> um, okay, um, we'll stop there. Um, I really enjoyed that. That zipped by for me. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. I've been here with Chris Rag and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>